From MinTech, the Micro Nanotechnology Education Center, this is Talking Technicians, the podcast about technicians, who they are, what they do, and where they come from. I'm your host, Peter Kazarnov. I teach technicians and engineers at Portland Community College. In each episode, you'll meet a working technician and hear their story. That means real interviews with real technicians about real jobs. At the end of each episode, you'll hear actions you can take if you want to be a technician too. In this episode, you'll meet Amalia. Amalia works at the Oakcrest Institute of Science in Monrovia, California. Amalia, welcome to Talking Technicians. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, where have you live? Where do you live, and how long have you been there? I live in Los Angeles, California, um, and I moved here in 2007 uh, for actually to come to LA and become a star. <laughs> um, so I've been here for let's see, how many years is that now? Since 2007. <laughs> <laughs> and is there anyone else in your household? Uh, yes, I live with my husband and a cat. <laughs> and um besides uh originally coming to uh LA where else have you lived across the country I grew up in Manassas Virginia uh right outside DC so that was my stomping ground I spent a lot of time on the mall and at the museums there and that's kind of where I think my uh interest in science got started was my absolute favorite uh museum on the mall was the the Air and Space Museum. I knew that place like the back of my hand. <laughs> but I was going to be an artist, so that didn't matter then. So tell me about where you work. Uh, what is the Oakcrest Institute of Science and what's your job title? The Oakcrest Institute of Science is, uh, we're kind of a, a non-unconventional academic institute. We're not, we're not really in academia. We don't give degrees of any kind. Uh, but we kind of operate like a, a graduate lab that you might find in a university, but we're completely independent um, and we're grant funded uh, and we we query for all of our own grants. So uh, we've got uh, some NIH grants. We've got uh, uh, inter intercollegiate grants. So there's a couple of universities that we do work with that are on grants with us. Um, and that's where basically all of our funding comes from to do what we do that and dino don't donations. Um, uh, we also take, we, we, yeah, uh, we take financial donations from the public. We are a, a 501c nonprofit. And so we do grant funded research. Uh, but one of the, our major, uh, contributions is that we do educational outreach. So we bring in students all the way from elementary school up through university level to come in and actually get experience in a real lab doing real research. And the kids usually don't get so much hands on in the actual labs, but we do uh, have a training lab where we can that that is a real functional lab and they get to try out some of the, the easier experiments and they've done um, protein extractions and some microbiology and a little bit of chemistry. And so we, we've got a few programs that we work with the city of Monrovia and some of the other local school, school systems to give kids more exposure to to real science in a research environment. And how would you describe your job? What do you do day to day? My job is uh, many fold. Um, I primarily run the instrumentation lab. 
where we do measurements on a lot of samples. Uh, we measure pharmaceuticals uh, and some biomolecules. Um, and I run that lab and make sure all of the samples get run properly and maintain the instrumentation um, in there. I also do a lot of IT around the lab um, and do wet chemistry, uh, preparing samples and such, uh, as well as doing a lot of that outreach. I've had mentors come through the labs, and so I end up teaching a lot of the instrumentation and how that works. Do you work by yourself or do you work in a team? Primarily, I work by myself. I spend a lot of time in the instrument room alone, um, <laughs> which I, I kind of like it that way. It's, it's quiet and I can focus on what I'm doing. Um, but for doing a lot of the pharmaceutical analysis, we do have a small team where we work together at the different steps of, of sample preparation all the way through uh, data analysis. So we do work together in that regard. And when we're doing any of the outreach stuff, we are, we are all in this together. So we'll have kids coming through the different labs and we'll, we all know kind of what's going on in the different labs. So we'll, sometimes we'll go with them and we'll learn new stuff. I've learned microbiology, even though biology, I had maybe one biology class in my entire uh, schooling, um, but I've gotten to even do, do some microbiology and, and uh, DNA extraction and, and molecular biology. So we learn with the students as well. So we're, we've got a lot of different departments that do different things and all of us are all over the place all the time. What's it like to have younger students in a high-tech biotech lab? What does it feel like when they're there? Oh, that can get very interesting. <laughs> um, a lot of the time, uh, we kind of keep them at age-appropriate stuff. So if there's dangerous things that kids shouldn't be touching, we're not going to have them very involved in that. So uh, we did have one uh, outreach day where we had a bunch of kids come in and do some experiments in the kitchen. and. Uh, this is before we had a lot of experience with the younger kids. And we discovered very quickly that if we had them wear gloves, they were afraid of everything. Is, is this is this thing going to hurt me if I touch it? If I get it on my hands, am I going to die? No, no, it's OK. The gloves are just to keep you clean. Uh, so so following experiments, we act, we actually had them not use gloves anymore and they got messy. But you know, it was the worst thing that happened. And, and they were a lot less scared of what they were doing then. Um, so most of the time, the things that kids are working on, there's not a lot of safety has hazards, but we still teach them proper PPE and safety that you would need in a laboratory. Uh, they're always super excited. That sounds fun. How would you describe a great day at work for you? Ooh, a great day at work. Let's see. Um, my day usually starts with settling in and planning my day and figuring out what it is I need to get through. Uh, there's not a lot of day-to-day -day repetition in my work. Uh, there are functions that are the same day-to-day, -day, but uh, there's always stuff that comes up to troubleshoot and fix and nothing ever goes the way it's exactly supposed to. So you're always trying to play and catch up a little bit. Um, so while there are routine things, they don't usually go in a routine way. Uh, so a good day for me is when everything actually usually works the way it's supposed to. And I don't have to jump in and, and uh, do damage control. Um, but on the other side of that, I do really enjoy the troubleshooting and problem solving. So if something does go wrong, being able to figure it out in the moment, get everything back up and running and get us to where we're supposed to be by the end of the day, that feels really good. So I guess you know, whether things go wrong or not, I tend to end up having a pretty good day. 
What did it feel like the first time that you went to Oakcrest? Do you remember what it was like the first day you were there? I do. I kind of uh, liken it to uh, the first time I went to Disneyland, where uh, that was my first job in Los Angeles was Disneyland, and I had never been to a Disney park before. And when we first did a walkthrough of the park, it was just magical. And I mean, most if you've ever been to a theme park, you know how you, there's music everywhere. It's exciting. There's there's the smells and everything, and it, it's it's it, you're walking into a fantasy basically. So the, the, the first time I walked into the the actual lab, it was it was kind of like that. It was like walking onto a movie set, walking into a dream. Like this is a thing that that I'd only ever read about in stories. And uh, I hadn't even really been into a functional lab in school yet at the point that I walked into Oakcrest. So I'd never seen anything like that anywhere except like on an NCIS TV show or something. And it it felt surreal, but also wonderful and a little bit magical. And, and it was this thing that was so much bigger than I was. And, uh, and the, they were in a new location now, but where we were to start with, it was much more of like a, a graduate lab. So there was piles of things everywhere and, and instrumentation on, on the benches all over the place and, and very a worn in lived in lab. And it just, it felt comfortable really. And, that I did not expect. So that was really cool. What was your work and education experience before you came to Oakcrest? Before Oakcrest, I had never worked in a lab of any kind before. Um, I was only on my uh, second uh, chemistry class. So I, I had taken basically introductory chemistry. And so this is the first like real chemistry class. And I needed, I had run out of uh, financial aid, actually, because I'd been at community college for too long. Um, and I ran out of financial aid and needed something. And my chemistry teacher passed me a flyer for internships at, at Oakcrest. And I had barely even done any chemistry labs at that point yet. This is like just just starting. Um, but I'd already found that I loved doing it. And and. So I looked at this internship and it was a paid internship and that is all I needed to know and uh, went and interviewed and I got it and uh, had absolutely no idea what I was in for. I was actually a physics major at the time. <laughs> um, and the rest is really history. But at that point, I had had almost no chemistry. I'd mostly taken physics and math and a um, little bit of computer science. Um, most of my background was actually computer science. That was what I originally decided to get a degree in and grew up with a mother who is in IT. And I had my own computer that I operated on and was learning programming and, and uh, HTML. And, and I was working at building websites up until that point to make ends meet um, and had actually completely avoided any chemistry that I possibly could all the way through high school, all the way, all the way up until I was actually in college. I thought it was going to be the hard class <laughs> and I was terrified of it. Chemistry. Oh my gosh. And until I finally actually took it. And this is after taking, you know, two different years, two years of physics and getting all the way up to, to, um, calculus. And finally like all this terrifying chemistry class, I have to take it. I can't get out of it now. And then I fell in love with it and ended up changing my major to chemistry. And like I had, I never would have believed that I would be where I am now. 
uh, not in a million years. <laughs> did you end up finishing a two-year program at the community college? <laughs> I did not do the, the, the transfer. I didn't get an associate's. Um, I took the, all of the units that I got there cause it took me too long to figure out that I wanted to be a chemist, um, and ran out of it. Like I said, like ran out of financial aid and, uh, was over my time basically. So I just transferred straight to Cal state LA, uh, California state university, Los Angeles, um, and finished my degree there. So I have a bachelor's in chemistry, uh, bachelor of science in chemistry. Um, and when I graduated there, they offered me a, a full-time position here at Oakcrest. If there are other people out there who are thinking of transitioning careers or getting into work like yours, what advice would you give them? Internships. Internships are everything. And I, I know it's really hard to find paid internships if that's what you need. Um, but there are a lot of programs that are flexible as well. So you could do less than part-time if necessary. Uh, find a mentor talk to teachers. Um, and it's, it's never too late to start. Uh, I, I did not get started in my, uh, on my education path until three, four years, four years out of high school. So I didn't even get started at community college until four years out of high school. And then it took me long enough to figure everything out and to get where I wanted to be and to get caught up on all of the classes that I had missed. I graduated at 30. <laughs> so I was, I was in, I was at community college for five years and then I was at uh, university for three years. Uh, so it takes time, but it is never too late to start. And if you, you just chip away at it, you can do it. And it doesn't matter what career path you want to go into. If there's something you find interesting, even if, if it seems like you're shooting for the moon, just take it one class at a time and try to get as much experience in the real world as you can. And it, it, there's, there's no such thing as useless information either. Like every, every work experience you have, every educational experience you have will inform what you want to do eventually. Do you have any final call to action for people out there if they want to have a career like yours? Like mine. Uh, if you want to go into science of any kind, I would say learn computers, learn computers, learn programming. Um, no matter what science field you want to go into, it will help you and it will give you a giant leg up over all of the people that didn't learn it because there is not a single science field that doesn't use uh, a lot of computer technology and, and programming environments at this point. So learn programming. Um, if you can even get into learning machine programming or machine learning technology, that is where all of the sciences are going. Um, and aside from that, try a lot of stuff. I, the only reason I ended up where I am is because I got the opportunity to, to try a whole bunch of different things. And it was my uh, advisor who actually said, you know what, you should probably be doing this. <laughs> So listen, listen to your advisors. They are watching you. They are fighting for you. They are, they are taking care of you and they can tell where your strengths and weaknesses are. So talk to them, listen to them. And if they say that, that, uh, an opportunity is going to be an opportunity, good opportunity for you, at least give it a try. Do you want to share with people how they could get in touch or follow the work that you do at Oakcrest? Yes. Um, all of the Oakcrest social media is under, uh, Oakcrest IS for Oakcrest Institute of Science. Um, and we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, 
I don't think we're on TikTok yet, but we've talked about it. <laughs> um, and my my Twitter is Amalia Elliott, uh, A-M-A-L-I-A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T. Uh, and I do post stuff that I'm doing in work. Uh, I'll post instrument videos and, and forward some of the stuff Oakcrest is doing and my colleagues are doing as well. Amalia, thank you so much for being on Talking Technicians. I'm very happy I did. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Bye now. Bye. Talking Technicians is produced by Mintech, the Micro Nano Technology Education Center, through financial support from the National Science Foundation's Advanced Technological Education Grant Program. Opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Science Foundation. Join the conversation. If you are a working technician or know someone who is, reach out to us at info at talkingtechnicians.org. We're always looking out for great guests to share more stories with you.